Hello, and welcome to Self-Sabotaging Sagas, hosted by me, your Elevation Guide, Jenea Barnes. Hello, friends. Hello, everybody. And welcome to it. We're back with Holly, and we are doing another episode of Self-Sabotaging Sagas. And right before we got on this call, would you call this a call? Yeah, it's like a video call. <laughs> so right before we got on this call, I got a text from one of my former clients. And, you know, self-worth is such a huge thing. And we worked on self-worth with her. Her original one of her original goals was to ask her job for a raise and through our work we discovered pretty quickly as soon as her self-worth started to shift a little bit that it wasn't about that job at all it was that job was not a good fit for her as her self-worth began to flourish and blossom and it became about finding another job that matched, that was in alignment with how she felt about herself and where she wanted to be. She knew, of course, that she wanted more money, but she realized quickly after elevating her self-worth that it, she was never going to be happy even with more money at that job. So she texted me today. She had a couple interviews last week and they offered her the job and they gave her a huge salary bump and benefits and all of this stuff. And one of the first things that she told me about the first interview was that the CEO had said that it was really important that her employees have a good work-life balance. And that was one of the values that was so important to my client. And it just, I have to say, when I get news like that, I get... <laughs> I get really like teary eyed and really happy because I'll tell you self-worth, if there is one thing that self-sabotages us more than anything, it's self-worth. Yeah. When your self-worth is not, when you don't feel like you're worthy, when you feel like you're a terrible person, all of that stuff, when you have shame, when you have all of that, it really inhibits so much. And so something like this, when I get this kind of news, it just, it really, it just makes me so happy. I mean, of course, you know, I'm really happy when great things happen to me, but when great things happen for my clients, it, it just, I don't know, it makes me feel I don't even know what the words are, but it really touches me. And so that was such a highlight. You know, I didn't get enough sleep last night and I was feeling a little funky this morning. So that made my day in the most special way. So Yay. cheers to elevating self-worth and Speaking of self-worth, I have a workshop coming up, but I'll talk about that at the end, specifically for self-worth. 
All right, so we are back with Holly. And last week we did some big clearing around trauma. And trauma clearing is really interesting. Sometimes when the differences we might not even notice for a little while, but I'm curious. So we haven't spoken about what you experienced except for one quick little sentence. So do you want to share with us a little bit about what you've noticed over this last week that might be a little different than in the past? In the past week, I have, for whatever reason, I've been so lethargic and tired. And I every time I go to sleep, I had these dreams and they're not nightmares. Normally I have nightmares, but they're very weird in the way that they're set up. Like I'm confused. I'm like, where did that come from? What did I eat before bed for that dream? <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's sort of, it's a culmination of taking figures that I have, I've disliked or have, have hurt me and then putting them into a different role. Like a, like they're delivering a UPS package instead of being who they are, you know? And it's like, what, I don't know what that means. So I feel like things are cooking under the surface. If right. that makes sense. Yeah, totally. See, I, I understand what that means. And I <laughs> guess I will share a little bit about that. So I did, I think I told you, pay attention to your dreams. And so a lot of times when we heal, when we shift our unconscious mind, our dreams are a very strong indicator that stuff is changing. And I always say, notice again, just like in your everyday conscious life, notice what is different. So you said right there that normally you have nightmares, but these were oh, not yeah. nightmares. So that in itself is a shift. So yeah. our dreams are the land of the subconscious mind. And the subconscious mind speaks in story and metaphor. And, you know, that's why people do dream analysis and all of that stuff, because it speaks to what's going on with you subconsciously. So one thing that I really want to know is these bad actors from your past are showing up in a neutral role. Yeah. Uh, the weirdest one was a uh, abusive ex-boyfriend who he's trying to help deliver a package from UBS. And that has stuck in my head like crazy. Cause it was just, it was, he wasn't who he was. He was just like, Hey, we're trying to get this package, trying to get this package. And I'm expecting packages from UBS, but definitely not from him. Yeah. Right. right. So, <laughs> it's like, he's delivering some sort of message, but I, I haven't gotten it yet. And it's not, I don't know. It's, he's a different character, you know? So this is interesting. Has, was he able to deliver the package? No, it's, it's still in transit. Hmm. I mean, I'm not a dream analysis, <laughs> but what I do notice about the dream is one, the big piece is that he's moved to a neutral role yeah. rather than being a scary attacking role. Hmm. Um, the other is that he's trying to get to you and he's not reaching you. Yeah. So those are two really big things in the past in dreams as he if he's shown up how what was the general It's, it's more trauma related when he shows up. It's it's more of, you know, this is the abuse that's gone on. Now it's just sort of like trying to get this delivered, you know. Right. You can't be found. Right. That's a huge shift. Yeah. That's um it's interesting one of 
when, well, one of my clients, her dream, as her dream started to shift, it was very much the bad actors is very similar to kind of what you said, where the bad actors would show up, but they showed up in a neutral role. They yeah. didn't show up in that traumatizing, like anxiety producing role. And another one, this one was a little bit different. My client reached out to me and said, he's like, I had these horrible dreams, these terrible, terrible nightmares. They were the worst. I was killing people. I was, it was tr so terrible. I was so scared. And I said, okay, let's break this down. Mm -hmm. How do your dreams that are similar to this normally go? And for him, his dreams, normally it was scary. The, the demons and monsters or whatever they were would show up and he would run and hide. So the difference was still a scary dream, but the difference in, was that he stood up for himself and fought back. And that's one thing that always in his own life, he really just sort of let everything just slide on by, just yeah. not letting, not doing anything, not being proactive about anything. So that was a big shift. And for him looking at it from that perspective, like, oh, wait, what did I do different? How did I show up differently in the dream? Or how did the other actors show up differently? Yeah. So that's cool. I um, I feel very excited about that. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but for me, every time when I do some healing work on myself, I think I did a video on this at some point, or maybe it was just a post, but I kind of get excited when I have little nightmares that show up in a way that it's a stressful situation, but somehow I handled it better. I yes. handled it with more grace and more ease because that's, you know, the subconscious mind is what's ruling when we're on top of our game, when we are well-rested, well-fed, super conscious, all of those pieces are in play. We can operate the way we want to, but the yeah. moment one of those things is a little bit depleted it's like we slide into autopilot you think of yourself as driving home or walking home a route that you've gone a million times and you get home and you don't even remember the route home because you were drifting off your conscious mind was drifting off somewhere so your subconscious mind took over yeah so as our subconscious mind becomes more in alignment with what we consciously want when we're tired our subconscious mind is working for us instead of against us to self-sabotage yeah so that's pretty cool and dreams are a really great way to see that there's a shift going on in the subconscious so that's awesome all right so today we are going to do some work around fear and fear is something that's shown up a lot for you, right, Holly? Yes. So this will be another big one. And um, and 
big, I mean, in we're doing in these bit in these first things that I do with clients, it's almost like taking a big brush and laying some foundation. So you might not notice a specific thing that's different, but it's like almost doing a like if you're going to paint a new fence or something like that and you want to make a big, beautiful mural that's detailed and lovely, you've got to do this like whitewash first, right? You've got to do this prep work in a way. These first, the first stuff I do with clients in the beginning is kind of like that. We're doing some big clearing, some big whitewash. It's not necessarily super lasered to a specific thing, but you gotta, you gotta make the canvas. Right. Exactly. So we're preparing the canvas basically to build from there. Like my stages that I work with people, we do like the three stages. First stage is clearing. And this is the work that we're doing last week and today is that clearing. So it's like you're preparing the canvas or you're preparing the ground. If you're going to build a house, you're preparing the ground, getting all the rocks out, getting all the, the roots and stuff that are gonna get in the way of building that solid foundation. And then we start to build that self-worth, this self-esteem, learning how to deal with emotions, all of that stuff. And it's a lot easier because we don't have these subconscious things throwing those monkey wrenches. Yeah. But we don't like monkey wrenches. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, we don't like them. I feel like I want to like them because they have the word monkey in them. And I, like I know, them. right? Because small things with monkeys are fun. Yeah. Right? It's like, let's fling poo. That sounds fun as long as I don't have to touch it. <laughs> Gross. All right. So we're going to have you turn to the side again. We're going to do some timeline work. Similar, okay. similar but different than what we did last week. And yeah, perfect. Are you ready, Holly? Yep. Okay. Great. Okay. So just taking some deep breaths right now. I always like to notice my feet. Notice what each toe feels like right now. We never think about that, do we? No. We have five little toes on each one of our feet. So taking that moment to just notice each one individually. And take a breath all the way down into your feet. Yeah, that's right. And now taking a moment to pull that present moment into your low belly to the center of gravity and letting me know when you have achieved that. Okay. Okay. And then having the future stretching out in front of you, straight line, tilted slightly up, getting brighter the farther away it goes. Letting me know when you've achieved that. Okay. And the past stretching out behind you. 
directly behind you, fading gently away the farther away it goes. Letting me know when you've achieved that. Okay. All right, perfect. And now if you were sitting in a safe, comfortable, powerful chair, the most safe, powerful chair that ever existed for you, what kind of chair would that be? It would be a wingback chair, like the red velvety ones that you'd normally think of, but mine is like zebra striped. <laughs> nice. I would think nothing less than zebra stripe for you. <laughs> <laughs> and is it like velvety also? Yes, or velvety, kind of like the typical, the red wingback chairs, you know, yeah. uh, vintage, but mine's zebra white and black Beautiful. and what about the legs are they wooden are they they're wooden and they've got the the brass posts in them okay perfect and is that wood dark wood or light wood it's painted ah what color is it painted uh it's meant to look kind of golden bronze okay beautiful all right and what about the cushion, like firmness? Is it like smooshy? Is it firm? Somewhere in between? It's firm. Yeah. Back's got good support. The The seat cushion is kind of bouncy. Okay. And are there any pillows on this chair? No. No. And it comes up over your head? Yep. Yep. And what about if you're sitting in it, do your feet touch the ground? No. Nope. Okay. All right. So let's get nice and comfy in our zebra striped wing back chair. And notice as you sit in this chair, are then are there any smells that you smell? Something calming, relaxing. It smells like old books. Mm. Beautiful. All right. So we're going to go ahead and float way up in the air way up in the air above the present, above the now. The present is directly beneath you, the past behind you, and the future stretching out in front of that present moment that's below you. We're gonna go ahead right now and we're gonna create that like Star Wars shields on clear force field around you. Letting me know when you've got that. Okay. All right. Now I want you to allow yourself to feel just a smidgen, just the tiniest little bit of the sensation we are labeling as fear. Let me know when you have a hold of that. Not okay. very much, just a tiny bit. I've got a tiny bit. It's in my belly. All right. So let's go ahead and take that sensation. We're going to float way back into the past. Way back into the past until the very first time that you felt that sensation. Staying way above your timeline. And if you were to know 
Was it before, during, or after your birth? After. How old were you? Three. Okay. All right. And checking in with you, there's a part of you that knows, that remembers all things, all time. Your subconscious mind has a map of all of it. So checking in with that part of you that knows and asking that part, is this the first event where I felt the sensation we are labeling as fear? Or was there an earlier event? And letting me know what it says. It says there was an earlier event. Okay. And how, how old were you in that earlier event? Um, right at two. Okay, Which perfect. is weird because I don't like consciously remember it. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, that's the thing is there's in our subconscious mind, we've got all of our memories, even if we don't consciously remember. And that's just perfect. So going back and floating above that event when you're two. And then checking in again with that part of you that knows and asking it. Is this the first time I felt this sensation we are labeling as fear? Or was there an earlier event? And letting me know what it says. It says there's an earlier event. Okay. And when was that earlier event? How old were you? Was About it? one and a half. Okay. Perfect. All right. And so let's go ahead and float above that event at one and a half. And again, checking in with that part of you that knows. Asking that part, is this the first event when I had that sensation that we are labeling as fear when you felt it? Or was there an earlier event? I don't know. Okay. So knowing that this part of you that knows, it remembers all things, all time. It remembers being in the womb. It remembers your genealogical line. It remembers your past lives, if you have them. And so just checking in with that part of you that knows and asking it, is this the first event? When I felt fear, or was there an earlier event? There was an earlier event. Okay. And was it before, during, or after your birth? Before. Okay. And so was it in the womb? In the womb. In the womb? Was it first, second, or third trimester? Second. Yeah, perfect. So going ahead and floating above that event in the second trimester, looking down on that event, and again, checking in with that part of you that knows and asking it, is this the first event where you felt the sensation we are labeling as fear? Yes. Or was there? Yes. Okay, perfect. All right. Now, as you float safely above that event, 
looking down on that event. You can open the hatch door of your force, force field and you can just let all that sensation we are labeling as fear drain out of your body and down into the event where it belongs. You can float higher, letting gravity do the work, having it pull that fear out of your body down into that event where it belongs. Letting all of it drain, letting all of it just drip out of your body. Taking as much time as you need to let that all, that sensation we are labeling as fear to drain out of your body and down into the event where it belongs. Letting me know when that feels complete. Okay. All right, closing that hatch door for your force field. And now as we look down upon that event, staying safely above the event, what resources did you need then or do you need now to release fear completely? A resource is something like love or comfort. It could also be just a knowing like everything's gonna be okay. So what resources did you need then or do you need now to release that fear completely? Stability in in, in the womb, I wasn't, wasn't solid where I could stand my ground okay. without knowing what I needed. I was unaware of what I needed. Okay. So stability sounds like maybe you needed some awareness as well. Mm. Is that and, uh, self-confidence? Like I can do this. Okay. So self-confidence. Self-confidence. I can do this. Awareness. We've got stability, self-confidence, awareness. What else did you need then or do you need now to release the fear completely? Staying way above the event, looking down on the event. I think that's the self-confidence and the stability. It's it's okay. doubt at that moment there was doubt. Okay. So what resource beyond are there resources beyond stability and self-confidence that would clear up doubt for you? Um it comes it's it's, I guess it's it's the worthy that we we're talking about the the self love or it's like no I got this I I can do it and it's it's a lacking of confidence. Okay, so self love I got this I can do this. Um, what else 
What other resources did you need then or do you need now to release the fear completely? Perhaps what are the antidotes of fear? Yeah. Um, loving support group network. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Did not have a support network then or now. Right. Perfect. What else? No, it's a support network and confidence, stability. That's that's it. Okay. So double checking. We've got stability, self-confidence, awareness, self-love, a loving support network. And as you float safely above this event, looking down on this event, are there any other resources or antidotes that you needed to release the fear completely then or now? I feel like there is, but I don't know what it is. Okay. So just trusting the part of you that knows. I'm just taking some moments to settle in with that. Settle in with that idea of stability, self-confidence, awareness, self-love, loving support network. Sometimes the resource can be something like financial freedom or no financial financial freedom would definitely <laughs> would definitely help okay yeah sometimes it's nourishment sometimes it's water sometimes it's nature there are all kinds of resources that are out there knowing that at this moment you can provide for your past self anything and everything they might have needed so floating safely above that event, looking down at that event in the second trimester, we've got stability, self-confidence, awareness, self-love, loving support network, financial freedom. What else did you need then or do you need now to release fear completely? Solid purpose. Mm. Powerful resource. What else? Nothing that I can think of. All right. So got stability, self-confidence, awareness, self-love, a loving support network, financial freedom, and solid purpose. Is there anything else you needed then or you needed now to release fear completely? No. Okay, perfect. Now, as you float safely above this event, looking down on this event, we're going to add these resources one by one as I name them. So first, we're going to add stability down into the event, fully infusing that event with stability. Letting me know when that is complete. It's complete. And then we're going to add self-confidence and that notion of I can do this down into the event, letting me know when that's complete. Okay. And awareness. 
Okay. And self-love. Okay. And then we're going to add a loving support network down into the event, fully infusing the event with a loving support network. Okay. And financial freedom. Okay. And solid purpose. Okay. Beautiful. Now, having added all of these resources, stability, self-confidence, I can do this, awareness, self-love, loving support network, financial freedom, and solid purpose. Now, having added all of these resources into the event, go ahead and float down into the event, fully reassociating into the event, noticing fear completely gone now. Once you've noticed that, let me know. Okay. And then notice floating right there in front of you, a symbol that represents all of these resources, the disillusion of fear and this change. What is that symbol? It's like a circle with a mm -hmm. triangle mark on the inside of it. Like, okay. I've never seen that before. All right, perfect. So this circle with the triangle, let's go ahead and drop it right into your timeline, right in front of you. And we're gonna allow this circle with the triangle in it to clear out all the subsequent events where fear was previously reinforced going to infuse your timeline with stability, self-confidence. I can do this. Awareness, self-love, loving support network, financial freedom, solid purpose. And you're going to follow behind it in its wake. So allowing it to do all of the work. So following behind this circle with a triangle. As it clears out all the subsequent events where fear was previously reinforced, Moving through your birth, that time at one and a half years old, two years old, three years old, as you follow behind in its wake, as it infuses your whole timeline with stability, self-confidence, I can do this, awareness, self-love, a loving support network, financial freedom, and solid purpose. As you follow behind in its wake, re-imprinting the code of your life to be free of fear. Taking as much time as you need to walk through your early childhood, your preteen years, your teenage years, your 20s, all the way up to the present, all the way up to the now, and letting me know when you have arrived in the present. Okay. And now you can begin to notice futures, contexts, and scenarios where in the past you would have felt fear, 
But now you see yourself embodying all of these resources, stability, self-confidence, I can do this, awareness, self-love, loving support network, financial freedom, and solid purpose. Go ahead and see at least three mini movies of future events, manifestation events of the future, where in the past you would have experienced fear, but now you are embodying all of these resources. Seeing perhaps the coming days, the coming weeks, maybe next year, the coming months. Once you've seen three or four of these mini movies, let me know. Okay. All right. And then gently, very gently, you can begin to reorient yourself to your surroundings. Maybe wiggle your fingers and your toes. And at your own pace, taking as much time as you need, you can begin to open your eyes. Hi. Hi. Welcome back. Thank you. So that symbol, that circle with the triangle is your symbol for the future. If for some strange reason you are feeling fear, you to just take that symbol and breathe it into your chest, breathe it in. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and do that now. represents all of these resources, stability, self-confidence, awareness, self-love, loving support network, financial freedom, and solid purpose. Yeah, that's a good one. That's it. And that symbol came out of like nowhere. Yeah, it does. It just pops up. <laughs> I think I had um, for one of them, I can't remember which timeline clearing it was right now, but it was the symbol for lead, which is also the symbol for Saturn, I think. Yeah. Saturn or Jupiter. I can't remember. They're similar. They both got this curvy thing. And afterwards, I was like, I have to figure out what it is. And I was <laughs> looking all over the internet because I was like, I know I've seen it before. What is that symbol? Um, but the symbol doesn't really, it just, it's your symbol. Yeah. So it's, and it's interesting, this process, it's, it's different for everybody. Some people have three or four resources. I've had some clients that have had 50 resources that they needed. Yeah. And so because all of us have a different brain map, a different mm -hmm. network, how we think about things, how we process things, this is going to look different for everybody. So if any of y'all are watching this and you ever do work with me and it doesn't look exactly like this, don't worry. However, it looks for you is perfect for you. Yeah. It's always going to be a little bit different. And some people get hung up on the idea that 
You know, sometimes you're that part of you that knows will tell you that it happened before your birth. Mm-hmm. And some people, and I'll ask if it's genealogical, which means through your ancestors or pre-life, which is past lives. And mm-hmm. not everybody believes in past lives. And I can't tell you whether past lives exist or not. I've had timeline clearings where I've gone into past lives. And if you believe in them, great. If you don't, one thing to understand is the subconscious mind works in story and metaphor. Yeah. The language of the subconscious mind, like I said earlier, I think about with the dreams is story and metaphor. So if your subconscious mind needs to process whatever we're doing in the language of it being a past life, if that metaphor works for your subconscious mind, then that's how it's going to show up. Yeah. You might notice, you might notice sometimes you go to talks or conferences or you watch a Ted talk. And I don't know about you guys, but for me, when I'm reading a book with a lot of powerful information, it lands much better if people tell me a story about to relate the information. And that is because your subconscious mind picks up story and metaphor much easier than that directive, which sometimes could be dry information. You know, if they could teach math in story and metaphor (laughs) beyond beyond the like word problems, if you could teach the number stuff in story and metaphor, I wonder if people would like math more. (laughs) I don't know. Well, it's uh, yeah, there's actually (laughs) I have dyscalculia off topic, but it's a it's a form of dyslexia with numbers. So I actually don't learn math that well unless it's in story form and word problems how interesting yeah it's it's, yeah it's a form of dyslexia with numbers so literally if they could teach math in a story version i would be calculus level right well and it's interesting too because again you know going back to everybody's brain is a little bit different and i think we've known about dyslexia for long enough to know that Having dyslexia does not mean that anybody's not intelligent, that they're stupid. It just means that their brain processes information differently. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that I love about the work that I do is that I get to work with your brain. Yeah. I get to work with what is the language of your brain and we get to make those shifts so often you have other have coaches that are trying to hammer their method in and it might work really great for 75 percent of the people but it might not work great for you and so that's one of the things that's just really powerful about this work is it works with your brain and the language of your brain how things show up for you and this is how we get to make these powerful shifts for you was there something of note in the process that was interesting to you that you would like to share at all holly um when i got the symbol uh the triangle in a circle, as soon as I went back to those times where I was trying to clear it up, 
it was almost like a freaking lightsaber. It was like, boop, got this shit. Sorry. Yeah. No, that's um, fine. <laughs> this isn't this isn't regular TV. You can swear. Who is the shit. Um shit, 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 shit. <laughs> But yeah, each point it was just sort of it like cut through it like real quick. It was like, oh, yeah, we're walking through it, boom, boom, boom. Here's your light, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's uh it's really powerful the way it clears. And here's the thing, as you know, you guys have heard me talk about when we clear a trigger or we clear a behavior, we talk about going to the source event, and you can see that. It took a few tries to get to the source event. Mm -hmm. And first it showed up as three, then it showed up as two, then it showed up as one and a half, and then it showed up in the second trimester. Mm -hmm. So what a lot of people don't realize is you have emotional experiences in the womb because when the mother is carrying the baby and they have intense emotional experiences, it creates chemical reactions in the body. So it floods the baby also with that chemical reaction. So who knows what your mom was going through at that moment, but more than likely that is where she was experiencing fear, which means that you have a trigger, a source trigger point of fear. So when you come out and start living that you actually already have an imprint for fear. And that's, yeah. you know, sometimes with like ge with genealogical and generational trauma, we talked, I think I talked about on my talk a few weeks back, somebody made a comment saying, especially as women, we, our egg portion of us is actually in our grandmother because when our mother is formed in our grandmother's body, they, when the fetus grows and the baby is there, that we have all of our eggs. So yes. we can be carrying stress triggers of whatever kind from what our grandparents, our grandmother experienced in utero. So, oh, wow. yeah, right? Isn't that crazy? So as we clear this stuff up, it just creates freedom. Mm -hmm. When you have that source point, you might still experience fear, but it will feel different because you're not triggering an old past thing. Oftentimes yeah. when we have a trigger, we're reacting to the past. It's yeah. often not about what's right in front of us. So clearing these source points when people, you know, that person is triggering the F out of you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I could say shit, but it feels bad. <laughs> that's the one word you can't use. I don't know. I, that's the one word that I always feel guilty about saying in front of my grandma. So I'm always like, <laughs> it slipped out the other day. I was just like, ah, and when I was on the phone with her. <laughs> She's like, it's okay. Your Aunt Margaret says it all the time now. I'm used to it. Okay. <laughs> um, and I lost my train of thought. But go, but that thing of somebody triggers you, it's it's about usually 
I mean, obviously, if there's a crazy event happening, but if it's just somebody making some snide comment or something, as an adult, we have the resources to just be like, whatever. Like when yeah. we know it's not about us, you're just like off the off the shoulder, whatever. You're like, someone walked up to me and said, you're a purple people eater. I'd be like, okay. <laughs> it's not going to trigger me, right? Whereas if somebody walked up to me and said, I don't know what triggers I have. I probably still have a little, like, I never loved my legs. Um, so if somebody walked up to me and said, oh, you have really fat legs. Well, that doesn't really trigger me anymore either. But that definitely <laughs> was a big trigger for a long time because I had so much shame about my body. Mm -hmm. uh, but that wasn't really about what they said. It was about wounds and past and thoughts that I created in my head. And so being able to clear out those source points, it frees you up from that trigger. You might still think, well, that person's being a jerk and that's really annoying, but that big emotional flood is much different because as adults, we can handle those emotional experiences. As kids, when most of these triggers happen, you saw that the first point that Holly went back to was age three. I mean, how a three-year-old, how do they experience fear? It's overwhelming. It's too much. So when we're brought back to that source point of the fear, it is too much to handle. Yeah. And so we clear that out and then you get to operate as an adult because you can access more resources when these things that might have triggered you in the past happen. It's really cool. It's like magic. <laughs> If you're interested in doing some of this deeper work that you've seen me and Holly do the last couple weeks, reach out to me, this one-on-one -on -one work, and we'll have a conversation to see if it makes sense to work together. And next week, we're going to recap with Holly and check in on the shifts that she's noticed over the last couple weeks as we've done some of this work. And you guys can get a sense of that. And it's going to be awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. And I will see you guys next week, next time. Bye. Bye.